Hi there, Health Bite community. Welcome back to Health Bite, the podcast created to provide you with small, actionable bites to support you in your quest for better mental, emotional, and physical well being. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian, and I am happy to be here with you at the beginning of this new month and new week. And today we're going to talk about phone consumption. Now, you might think that phone usage is a strange topic for a nutrition podcast, but as far as I'm concerned, anything you put in front of your mind and body is consumption, and phone consumption is a form of nutrition too. Most of us, it's a major form of consumption. In fact, I was looking into the statistics, and a survey in 2021 showed that half of us spend five to six hours on our phones per day. Think about that. 50% of all Americans spend one fourth of our day on our phones. Seriously, that is a lot of hours. And I have to admit, I am guilty. I am super guilty. In fact, I used to wake up every morning to my phone alarm some of you or many of you probably can relate to that. Before my eyes were even awake enough to decipher the letters on the screen, I was already in my inbox checking my mail. I have estimated that I have checked my email approximately anywhere from 20 to 40 times by 9 a.m. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Not to mention posting to social media, scrolling social media, Oh, now I got a text message, an alert, a notification. And this is all just in those very early morning hours of the day. The time of day, mind you, in which we have the most energy, the most attention, and the most willpower. I mean, shouldn't that time be used for something more valuable? But for me, it doesn't stop there. I have my phone with me at my side at all times. Often I'm holding onto it in the palm of my hand. If I happen to need my hands, then I'll put my phone in the pocket of my white coat or in the back pocket of my jeans, never in my purse, because then I'd have to go digging for it every five seconds. And you know, there is a cost. I have always known that there is a cost to this excessive phone consumption. First of all, there are mental health implications and studies consistently show that phone usage has been linked to depression, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, stress. Let's talk about depression. In one study, adolescents who spent four or five hours a day or more on their phones were 48% more likely to think of suicide versus those who spent one hour per day on their phones. So it goes beyond just foul mood or depression, but active thoughts of suicide. Researchers have also shown that excessive phone usage actually alters brain chemistry. So there's a neurotransmitter called GABA. It's one that slows down brain signals. It's involved in mood. It's involved in anxiety, amongst other things. 
And researchers have shown that excessive phone usage is associated with higher levels of GABA. Let's talk about stress. Excessive smartphone usage has also been linked with stress. In fact, it's been shown that merely having your phone in the same room as where you are will increase your heart rate and your blood pressure. And that's because when we check our phone or even when we get a notification or an alert, it activates our sympathetic nervous system. That's as I've always uh, or often talked about the body's fight or flight mode of our nervous system. It gets our bodies ready for action, ready to fight. Our bodies will get a boost of adrenaline for every interaction with our phone. And adrenaline is a stress hormone that triggers our body to be on alert. And it sets off a whole other cascade of hormones and chemicals that increase our heart rate, increase our blood pressure, increase muscle tension, amongst other things. It can take our bodies anywhere from five to up to 30 minutes to settle back down to baseline after getting those pings. And yet we often don't even get there because the next alert has already gone off and the next alert and the next alert. And over time, this chronic sympathetic drive does not only promote stress, but it can also promote disease. Phone usage affects our sleep. Not only does it take away from our sleep because we're up doom scrolling when we should be sleeping, but it affects our sleep in the content that we're consuming. The news, social media is, is often stimulating or even agitating and obviously not conducive to sleep to be all revved up by that information. But our phones also emit light that interferes with the production of melatonin, our sleep hormone, making it not only a lot harder to fall asleep, but also affecting the quality of our sleep by reducing the amount of REM throughout the night. So multiple ways in which phone usage is affecting sleep, which in and of itself, sleep deprivation, as I've discussed in prior podcasts, in and of itself has implications in terms of causing insulin resistance, obesity. So our hunger hormones skyrocket. They go up by 30% within two nights of sleep deprivation. And of course, sleep deprivation further affects our mood, our focus, our productivity, our cognition. So lots of implications there. Speaking of productivity and cognition, let's get back to the phone because having our, our phones around us definitely impacts productivity and the quality of our work. It fragments our focus and our attention and Let's face it, it's distracting. Think of all the times that you start and stop a task or start and stop a thought and then scramble to get back to where you were because of an interruption by your phone. For me, I know it is frequent. And some experts have suggested that our over-reliance on our phones also has resulted in 
mental laziness. In fact, one study found a link between the two. And I can totally attest to this fact, embarrassing admission here, that I cannot remember my children's phone numbers for the life of me. It's stored in my phone and I just can't remember. I, I have mental laziness. I can remember phone numbers from my childhood, but I can't manage to remember my children's phone numbers. And I suspect if I didn't have the phone, of course, I'd be forced to do it, but I can't or I don't. Another study actually in uh, the Journal for the Association of Consumer Research found that cognitive capacity was significantly reduced whenever a smartphone was within reach, even when the phone was off. So we're overly reliant on phones. They're interruptions that affect our cognition, but also I imagine that that stress response that we talked about also impacts our cognition, that stress response we get from merely visualizing our phone. Because again, remember, if you are primed into fight mode, then you're not primed for deep attention or focus. You're primed to flee. And so it takes away from that cognition. Not to mention that all of this time can be spent on other things like exercise, socializing, self-development, learning a new skill, and sleep, again, that all act to enhance our cognition, our productivity, our mood, and let's face it, our quality of life. So I could go on and on and on about the perils of the phone, but I know you already know, and I do too. So this year I did something unbelievable. I got an alarm clock. Yep, I bought an alarm clock. Doesn't sound like the most profound act that I could commit, but trust me, it was quite profound because my alarm clock has always been my phone. So I bought an alarm clock, one that wakes me up with rain sounds and crickets. We can talk more about that later. And as a result, I changed my phone charging station to my closet. And I made a deal with myself that I would not check my phone until I got into work at 9 a.m. I dusted off a mini iPad I had from way back when. I removed all the social media, my email boxes, and the like. I downloaded meditation apps. Uh, the Medium app where I get my inspirational articles and reads and some other like-minded apps. And now the first thing I do when I wake up is breathe. I just take some time in silence and then I take some time to write. And then again, before I go to bed, I read. I read my inspirational articles. I write a little more. I set my intentions to my subconscious. There's a quote that I uncovered recently by Thomas Edison, which says, never go to sleep without a request to your subconscious. Never go to sleep without a request to your subconscious. And honestly, I absolutely love that quote. I then made a rule that, again, I would not only not check my phone until 9 a.m., but I would set designated times for, for phone and really uh, email checking because that's the bane of my existence. 
so that I would check my email at 9 a.m., like I said, and then again at noon and then five that at the end of my technically my work day and only respond to emails then. And honestly, this shift was so good. I took it a step further and decided to charge my phone actually even farther away downstairs in my home office so that it wouldn't even be as close as my closet. I did this for three days straight and I can't tell you how unbelievable the effects were. It was amazing. I literally could feel the anxiety dial down in my body. First of all, I was starting my day with ease. I found myself, you know, not yanked into my inbox, frustrated or into other people's agendas. I noticed that my heart rate dropped. I noticed I had less tightness in my chest. I did this for three days and it was lovely. And then what happened? I got back into the checking. I don't know why or how I was still checking my phone or sorry, charging my phone away from my bed. But when I came down to start my workout, for some reason, I got lured back into my office and to checking my phone. And then that resulted in more checking and more checking. I abandoned my 9, 12, and 5 p.m. rule, and I was back in checking my phone constantly. And I got back into the anxiety of it all. I got kind of thrown back in to not only the bad habit, but also really mindful of the feelings um, and the result of that bad habit. So I'm not going to lie. It's a challenge. I'm really grappling with this. Some days are good. Some days, not so much. But I am challenging myself to do this one thing of charging my phone outside and away from my bedside and staying within those confines that I have set for myself so I'm going to challenge you to go out there and buy yourself an alarm clock. Maybe you'll decide to get one with nature sounds too. It's, it's pretty soothing. Charge your phone somewhere else, somewhere away from your bedside and make a commitment to do something nourishing when you wake up. Use that time and energy for you, for your agenda, not for somebody else's. And then use that same intention to do something nourishing for yourself before you go to bed. Because what you feed your mind is nutrition too. Let me know how you do. Let me know how it goes. Find me on Instagram at Dr. Adrian Udeem and respond to my posts there about this podcast. Send me a DM or email me at dradrianudeem.com. You can find my email there. I respond to every single email personally. And I'm curious. I'm curious to know how this one change will affect your well-being and affect your life. I can tell you firsthand that it can be life-changing. Something so seemingly mundane can really be transformative. And speaking of nutrition, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Delbar. 
Del Bar by Dell Nutrition is a high protein, low calorie bar created with clean nutrients to support you in healthy weight, health, and well-being. My patients love these bars, and I would love to share them with you. So if you go to dellnutrition.com and sign up for our newsletter there, I will send you our top selling flavors for free now through the end of the month. I hope it will serve you and it will be of benefit. I look forward to being here with you again next week. Until then, have an excellent week.